All right. Welcome to the SimCast episode 26. Left Behind is what we're calling this episode. Today I have a single standalone player, my only guest, Aloha. Welcome, Aloha. Hello. Hi, everyone. It's nice to Hi have yourself. you. Hi, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Aloha is a content creator, currently a variety content creator on Twitch and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if anybody knows her. I've been, I hang out our stream as much as I can. It's a very chill, just laid back, relaxing environment. And why don't, that's my impression. Why don't you tell everybody, Aloha, uh, kind of about yourself and your channel and and maybe some of what people in the Ashes of Creation uh, community can come to expect from your content in the future? Well, so hi, you're all very welcome to jump to my Twitch channel if you like. I'm playing exclusively MMORPG or 95% of it. (laughs) I like every game. I try to provide a positive environment because I think that's what internet needs. So where people can relax, feel comfortable, feel included, feel welcomed. So I'm not a pro player at all. I'm not always very knowledgeable in the game I'm doing. I'm very clumsy. I do a lot of mistakes and stuff. But I try to really spread the enjoyment of playing video games and to see the good side of it. Because I know every game have defects, you know, things you can whine about. And... Uh, but I don't want to speak about that. So I will not have a very critical opinion about the game. I don't want to do that anymore. I had by the past. I was angry with video games when they didn't please me, like everyone else. This sucks, and this class has been nerfed, and I don't like when they do this. For example, World of Warcraft, I've been so mad at them for including <laughs> the Dungeon Finder. Oh, yeah. And I've been ranting about that for ages, but that doesn't make me happy. And does that make other people happy? I don't know. I think that if you're saying, ah, this game is cool, I'm having so much fun, it's beautiful, the story are good, I like my class, I like my little character, mm-hmm. it's funny. I think that makes people more happy, so that's what I want to provide. So you will see that on Twitch, on YouTube at the moment, I'm not doing a lot uh, of it because I've left uh, my exclusive Elder Scroll Online cre- content creation. I'm trying to reorganize myself on that one but i have launched recently a new ismr channel and if you enjoy relaxation Mm -hmm. and if you like ismr so ismr is a a physical reaction to some auditory visual or psychological uh, trigger that induces relaxation and if you enjoy that well you're very welcome. If you don't enjoy that, don't go there because that will be bizarre and awkward for you. <laughs> That's why I did a separate channel because right. for some people it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Which you make be like, what did she upload today? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's better to keep things separated. <laughs> I can feel that. So here we go. Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, yeah, you I've seen you play all kinds of you you hop on the Final Fantasy MMO, uh you hop on World of Warcraft, you hop on The Elder Scrolls Online, you hop on Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. Those are the games I've seen you on pretty recently. Yeah, most mostly what I'm playing. Some mm-hmm. sometimes Guild Wars 2 and there might be oh, yeah, yeah. other game, you know, doesn't matter, but you cover my most important ones at the moment. Mm -hmm. And for Ashes of Creation, I obviously will be playing it. I'm very excited about that game. I think the concept is amazing. Um, This is really what interests me mostly in that game is the 
ID, the premier ID of having nodes mm -hmm. and having a world that changed with your action. Because one of the things I really enjoy the most in game is the exploration part of it. Oh, yeah. I like to have a beautiful landscape mm -hmm. and to see oh, what's happening there and here's a new village and you know, that kind of things. And to have a game that is shaped by the action of the players with the community that are interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting because yes. no two server will be the same, mm -hmm. no two story will be the same, and that leaves so much possibility. It is really the part that enthusiasm begins. The PvP aspect, I don't mind so much. I don't really care <laughs> for the combat and the raiding, etc. As it will be a very open combat like ESO, I don't think that is the type of end game I will enjoy the most. But um, that doesn't matter because each game provides their own enjoyment mm -hmm. and that's why you can play a different game for different reasons. And so, yeah, that's the part that uh, I'm very, very excited about. See, you know, how to discover an island node and mm -hmm. to develop it and to see the Kraken rising yeah. or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that would be really cool, wouldn't it? To have a Kraken yeah. be the, that's actually a really good idea. That would be really yeah. cool to have an island node and then we're totally getting off track, but I don't care. This would totally be cool if if the island node could spawn like a kraken or something like that, or like a water dragon, or, or a water dungeon underwater oh, stuff. Man. I really love underwater content in video games. You have that only in two video games so far, where it's well mm -hmm. done in World of Warcraft and Guild Wars Two. Guild Wars Two, a little mm -hmm. bit in Final Fantasy, but it's still very very restricted. Um, but and the water content, okay, it can piss off some player because they don't <laughs> like the 3D combat. <clears throat> Fine, right. but it's so cool. Yes. You can discover landscapes that are completely alien with corals, with giant shell. And considering that the game is gorgeous, I'm really yeah. expecting amazing stuff underwater. So I'm very excited about that. Absolutely. Oh man, I'm. I'm. You know, Guild Wars 2 did a really good job. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, with the water combat, I actually really yeah. like the water combat. I, and you can even swap weapons in that one. Like you've got what spears and yeah, you can exactly. use pretty much anything almost. I mean, in underwater, you, just, oh. you have your, a, a specific combat for for um, in Guild Wars with different weapon mm -hmm. than what you have on land. So it mm -hmm. allows the developers to make it so it fits, it's suitable for the combat, which you don't have in World of Warcraft. In World of Warcraft, it's the same spells and right. stuff. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. If you mm -hmm. launch a fireball, it's still working. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Weird. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Guild Wars 2 made it so you have those uh, leap that are have the, the, the form of a shark or something like this. So it's really... Nice. So there's plenty of possibility you can do uh, with the underwater content. So, yeah. I'm you know totally what? going to try to develop the island nodes. Yeah. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what cracks me up in World of Warcraft with the underwater combat is I'm a paladin main. That's my thing. Uh -huh. I'm, I love being the paladin. That's always my yeah. thing. And I, I used to consecrate and you consecrate and there's like this flat consecrate that, yeah. in the water. <laughs> and I'm like, now what service is that on? This is very interesting. So, yeah. yeah, but when you think of it, it has been released in 2005 with yeah. underwater combat. Most yeah. games are not doing it. True. So I think I think it's great. You know? yeah. I will not go complain so much about mm -hmm. their yeah. spells and stuff. Right. <laughs> because I'm already happy it's there. Yeah, I know. I yeah, I've I've, I've you know I tried I tried playing I tried playing I, I think I told you I went back to try and play WoW again. Mm -hmm. <sighs> 
the level grind kills me. The oh. level grind kills me. I just, I got to like, I think I played one day and got to level 114 and I was just like, oh, I'm so bored. Oh, you need to play with friends. That's why it's fun. Yeah. But you know what the great thing is about that game? You can always go back into old content and just farm. There's so much content to go mm -hmm. back and do all the time. And so that's yeah. like one element of Ashes of Creation I'm hoping that they have is like just... Oh, even if it's considered old content, like you just you can go go back and play through so many things. And I think with the fact the world changes, it's always going to be new. You're exactly, because new. I think what's going to happen is that you have mm -hmm. those nodes that develops, and we yeah. know that around the node will um, it will trigger a certain type of content. So right. higher the nodes, yep. higher level the content. Yep. So your end game will be around the metropolis. Yep. And if you want to go in the newbie zone, you will go in the underdeveloped nodes. Yes. And so that can change, that can switch mm -hmm. around. I imagine in a very PvP uh, active server, those metropolis will change hands a constantly yeah. anyway. And in a very PvE-oriented server, I'm pretty sure people will do like a sort of uh, compromise or say, okay, guys, it's time to unlock that node. So it will be uh. fake siege, <laughs> more for fun, you know, but just because the community will right. agree, okay, now we want to develop that mm -hmm. node to unlock that red because we want that gear. Yeah. And that's why I'm not so uh, scared that there will be this PvP oh, element right. because right. I think that depending on the server, you will find compromise. O over time, you will have very PvP-oriented server and very Pacific mm -hmm. uh, kind of server. So where people you're right. just want loot. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think that's going to be. I think you're going to have some servers where the dominant, the dominant, you know, force of people are all like, we're just going to rotate what you know what we want to be kind of unlocked and yeah. then you have others that are going to just be pure chaos and conflict yeah. and you know at the beginning it might be the same everywhere oh, yeah. but then over time all the big pvp guild will go on that server because they want more action yeah. all the trolley guild will go on that because they want to ruin the pleasure <laughs> of others etc etc you will have a right. an official role play server that will appear right. because that's that's how you do that's how you end up with having an official russian server or yeah. italian server yep. so yeah i agree i think and i think that's the beauty of the node system too it's just when you think that you've everything is consistent and boring, it all can change at any moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just, exactly. Just when you think that you've got settled in. And for some people, that may not be, you know, what they're looking for, and that's fine. But I think for a lot of us, we want we want, we want, uh, we want uh, the world to feel alive and not stagnant. And the node system is, is primed to doing that, to delivering that. In any case, I think that Ashes of Creation will be a very interesting game just mm -hmm. because of that system. Oh, yeah. uh, so even if you don't enjoy it yourself, mm -hmm. uh, to observe it and observe what right. uh, it will have as impact on the psychology on people and right. how the communities interact with each other, uh, it will be nice. Yes. Um, I, I'm really hopeful for this game because uh, what I find very interesting is that Steven Sharif is a player that's really passionate and yeah. has the money to be able to create this dream game. And it comes from a lot of Asian game. Right. Like Arcage, Black Desert. Um, well, I don't think he played so much in Black Desert, but mostly Arcage and right. Lineage too. And so it, it will have this very strong uh, Korean vibes 
uh, influence while being a Western person and right. so adapting the game to the Western audience, which has never been happening in a very good way. So um, right. for the people that really enjoy that kind of game, like Arcade or Black Desert, that are very sandbox and very oriented about the world, etc., um, it's always come with a conflict of culture almost because those games has been created for a certain type of player mm -hmm. uh, that play games differently. Uh, firstly, they play in cyber cafe, not in their home, which is a big difference to start with. And to have those kind of elements, I think it's what's missing on the market for a lot of people mm -hmm. to have that kind of game, but made for Western culture. So this is really, really be very interesting. And so really as his team is from other game, like a request, Vanguard, those mm -hmm. two classic things. So Variety. it would be a very nice mix, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's, so, uh, I agree with that. I think he's done a really good job of kind of cultivating a variety of talent with a variety of different skills. Mm -hmm. But but it being that they're very skilled, really, really good at yeah. what they do, having a level of versatility, I think, to where when they're... Um, you know, working on a game together, they're able to be really cohesive and, you know, be able to handle multiple tasks if they need to. That seems to be a core element to their culture up at Intrepid Studios. Yeah, and the way they are working together, they seem to be friends and mm -hmm. to, you know, it's open space to allow a lot of ID. They're working so fast. Right. I really, you know, that's one thing I've actually talked about a good bit is I, the one thing I really like about their choices as a studio is that they're not just quick to recruit the numbers. They've taken the time to recruit people through a, a delicate interview process, I'm sure, to where they've really gotten to know them, to really get an idea of like what kind of people they are, to make sure that they fit the culture of the studio so mm -hmm. that everyone really has like the same driving focus and, and goals, I think. Probably personally and professionally, I think, as far as the game goes, I would say it's probably pretty fair. Um, well, I think they, they've done a lot already. They've accomplished oh, yeah. a lot in very few times. So, oh, yeah. so in any case, even if you don't play this game, it's interesting to follow the development of it just because right. it's so special yeah. and so different. Mm -hmm. So um, it will be interesting on a lot of different levels. So let's... Uh... Let's talk about, so the VR, I know that you've played it a little bit, and mm -hmm. I, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording it. it I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the VR genre. I've kind of played it way too much the past couple years, and I'm really burned out on it, but I understand a lot of the reasons that they've implemented that as the initial you know testing ground at the moment. Mm -hmm. We know it's not going to be the only testing ground in Alpha 1 Phase 1. There's still going to be the Castle Sieges, which by the way... I'm really looking forward to that. And we know that we're going to have the horde mode, which is essentially the reverse of a castle siege, but defending it against mm -hmm. the horde. Those are going to be so much fun. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but uh, Steven and the team have given a little bit of information about uh, what the story is like. Like what's the reason for the, the lore as far as the BR goes. Right. And that's essentially that, these are the people that are like our title today says left behind. So uh, mm. during the exodus away from Vera, um, while everyone's leaving through the gates, you know, essentially the stage is set in the BR version of the game that we're playing right now, where when people are leaving Vera, there's a select handful of them that, well, they didn't quite make it for some reason. They either didn't get to the portal. They didn't make it in time. 
the portal got shut down. We don't know exactly what it is, but they're left behind. And those are the people that were all battling it out in this BR version of the game. He gave it some little fun lore for that. Um, and there's that uh, tempest, <laughs> red tempest of doom uh, yeah. spawning all around. Yeah, the corruption and stuff. And um, have you played this weekend yet? No, not this weekend. I played the first weekend. I mm -hmm. played a little bit so to, to give uh, an idea to people. I never played uh, Battle Royale thing yeah. ever didn't play it for night or right. all this game right. and i'm not a very good pvp -er. <laughs> so <laughs> i'm going there in those tests to try to <laughs> try to test the game first of all i don't understand the comments i'm like <laughs> so it took me several rounds of being killed almost instantly because i didn't know what to do yet why I cannot loot this weapon? Because yeah. I just didn't understand which button I had to click on and it was not working. And right. uh, I still didn't, well, I could not crouch or sprint or so. I don't know what happened, but it doesn't matter. It's a test, right? Um, so <laughs> it took me a little bit of perseverance to finally be able to play, which was pretty cool. But I'm not a good PvPer, so I cannot really test the combat so much because I get killed so fast. <laughs> Just, so my, my testing has been mostly running around, avoiding as most people as possible, trying to loot stuff and see, oh, I can use this spell and this spell and this spell, then trying some spells and not die too fast. <laughs> so that, that, that was it. That was my experience. Oh, man. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's uh, interesting. This, uh, Of course, we can't share what it looks like, but I can talk about it. So an interesting thing, if you test it this weekend, is uh, there's this really, number one, the griffins have a skin. Oof. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number <laughs> Number two, there's this really crazy, like, it almost looks like an astral scar in the sky. Oh. Uh-huh. It, it almost looks like a rip into the space, like right there above the... Yeah. No. I don't know what that's about, but... So, getting the, back to... The, yeah. Cos cosmic divine uh, cures or something. <laughs> something. Can leave us like... This might be... Um, I don't know. Because, of course, we do not know how Steven Sarif mm -hmm. and Intrimpute Studio are working Right. But we know that, for example, Blizzard, how they work, and they, or I'll just call online with Dynamics, but especially Blizzard, mm -hmm. they always leave you hints mm -hmm. of stuff that are going to happen in the most weird places. So it's not <laughs> just a book or something. It could be a line, say, by a random NPCs or mm -hmm. uh, a secret stuff. And you can... Uh, you, you know, make your theory about it and start to be conspirationist about it, yeah. etc. So are they going to do that way too? So to leave like little scramble of uh, lore in uh, alpha test. Right. <laughs> that not a lot of people will see, but, mm -hmm. and then you start to say, mm, so this uh -huh. guy in the sky, could it tell us a little bit about what happened and why mm -hmm. the people of Vera had to run away into a portal? That's a pretty cool idea. Because, yeah, because in WoW, you'd be running along out in the barrens or something, and you just have these, like, NPCs standing around a, a, a campfire or something. They don't say anything to you or anything. You're like, they weren't there last week. What are they? What are they doing? What are they doing over there right now? And you go and yeah. you, you go run by them, and they're all just look like they're up to something. But there's no way to figure out what it is. And then down the road, something happens, and they're part of that, and it's like a hint. And you're like, oh, 
but some <laughs> people some people will take like maybe you go talk to them and there's some dialogue and they tell you something and it makes no sense but if you're a lore person yeah something in understand. what they're saying ties into elements of culture or story from past present or even things coming in the future and you start to tie it in so the lore masters tend to know a little bit about it and they'll speculate and have their theories and I, I have the feeling that steven sorry is a little bit very enthusiastic about the lore of his mm -hmm. uh, world and so we may expect stuff like that i think that'd be cool i, I would like that <laughs> so yeah. uh so so basically in the br right now this is the story so far uh and what we're talking about today is we're talking about the people left behind because um in the BR, he's saying, you know, these are the people left behind. They're fighting it out. Who knows what happens to them? Um, so so my question is uh, some ideas that we might have, and I'll let you go first. Ladies first. What are, uh, what do you think might ha have happened to the people that were left behind when, when the exodus from Vera happened? I mean, at the time we come back through the gate, thousands and thousands of years have passed. So what do you think maybe happened to those people? Well... We have the Tolnar that went underground, and then we have the other ones, because the Tolnar is supposed to be a specific race. Um, at the beginning, I thought it was all the remaining elves and dwarfs and orcs that mm -hmm. became the Tolnar, but that's not what it is. It's mm -hmm. a specific race that became the Tolnar and became corrupted or something, or not corrupted, but they changed. Right. That's what we know. Um, but what about the other? Well, it all depends on what the corruption is, mm -hmm. uh, they probably will get corrupted and they will become bosses, I oh, think. Nice. Uh, they will become um, monsters of all sorts. So you will have um, giant dwarves or, I don't know, two-headed orcs. Or, mm -hmm. I don't know, can imagine anything. We don't really know what the corruption is about, if it's a like undead kind of corruption or if it's something twisted, completely different. We, right. I think it's more uh, twisted. Like, I like think so, more, too. Um, That's what I would think. Bit. Yeah. Yes, I have the feeling it's more like that. It's also important to note that it's a very high magical uh, land, while other worlds are not. Mm -hmm. So they will be... The, the corruption will certainly have some element of magic. So... Mm -hmm. um, we can imagine it all kind of arcane abomination, I think. Something like that. Yeah. They've shown uh, some or... they've shown some monsters too that are like, um, this was like a troll and it was way mm -hmm. back, way back around Kickstarter time. And on the wiki, on the ashes of creation dot wiki that you guys could check out, which is the one I, I really like to follow. I, I love the way it's organized, it's my favorite. Um, it's my go to <laughs> for everything. Um and on that wiki um, they have like some, you know, images and pictures of like this troll, I think it is, uh, it's like partially corrupted and it almost looks like mm -hmm. halfway, you know, mutated by this corruption. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the people that are left behind, I think of a couple things that might happen if they, one, I think definitely some of them probably got infected by the corruption. I think that it's some kind of a dark entity with some maybe magical properties that maybe having to do with driving maybe madness, um, maybe some sort of like, to me, I'm thinking something similar to like void type of element. Um, mm -hmm. Because you've seen like the void in so many games, like you've seen the void and uh, like you see it a lot in the uh, blizzard uh, talking about the void yeah. in the world of Warcraft games. 
and you see it in some other games too. Um, there's a game I'm playing right now called Divinity Original Sin 2. I've been playing it. It's got me hooked. I've been trying to get through the story before um, we can start streaming Ashes because I know I'm going to be in Ashes a lot, but this one's got me hooked. The story's great. Combat system leaves a lot to be de lot to be desired, but um, it's got a really great story. And even in that, there's talk of Void because you've mm -hmm. got like this divine energy and these gods, and then you've got this Void and these yep. creatures of the Void. And so that seems to be like a, like a very... The whole light versus darkness, which is I'm a big fan of that. Obviously, I'm the light bringer, but yeah, it's those a kind. It, it, it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we live in a world where there's a lot of uh, um, manichaeism or you know uh, duality. So you have mm -hmm. light and you have dark, and you have chaos, you have order, that kind of thing. So it mm -hmm. makes sense that most games will always uh, make facing. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the same kind of opposition, like life and death and stuff right. like that. So, I agree. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I think two things could happen. I think that there's probably going to be a lot of the people that might have gotten left behind that somehow transform. I mean, you're thinking thousands of years, so they're still going to, you know, um, they're still going to breed. There's still going to be some that are alive and they have offspring. And then, you know, have those types of uh, whether whatever race is humans or dwarves or elves or orcs. I mean, is there going to be like, are we going to see these like almost um, what we, what we probably consider a lot of the, the enemies of the land that might be these uh, descendants of the different races left behind that have changed, maybe become more um, in some ways corrupted. Um, maybe some of mm -hmm. them have become just more beasty, bestial, like, you know, in nature, more primal, maybe not as, uh, not as, um, civilized anymore. Maybe they're just trying to get by and survive. And, um, maybe even Matt, maybe even magic has driven some of them mad, um, on their searches over time to try and, you know, combat the corruption, who knows. But then I think that you've got some creatures in the world too, aside from just the people that maybe were these creatures of lore that, you know, were beautiful and magnificent um, and, and along the way, uh, maybe they got corrupted and now these beasts are actually world bosses. Um, yeah. I think that there's so much potential for a lot of story. I think that's what is going to happen. because if I understand correctly, you, so you had this world, which is a high fantasy world with four, with different civilization than this calamity, which is maybe mm -hmm. from divine purpose or... We, we don't really know what, what it's about. That's what we are going to discover and we can mm -hmm. speculate about. Anyway, something happened. They run away. You have the leftovers that obviously have to fight. They are probably getting, most of them, getting corrupted. Maybe mm -hmm. some have find a way to not be corrupted, but mm -hmm. I think most of it will be corrupted. But regardless, that's what will be the enemies. We are not going to go there in an empty world, right? No, I know. So, right? So there will be fauna and flora, and and will we have uh, creatures that are not corrupted at all? That's that's something different, like normal animals and normal um, humanoid beings. I don't know. Maybe over time, some of the corruption drop off certain person, certain animals, certain creatures. Um, maybe not, but in any case, there will probably. Uh, be hostile maybe there will be some 
some sort of faction you can become friendly with. That's they have not talked a lot about that or at all. I think maybe you could I don't know you could have the, the tribe of the primal dwarfs or whatever, and mm. they have changed, but you can still become friends with them. And there are NPCs, but you, maybe you can still be friends with them. I don't know. That can be possible, also, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, you know. Uh, so that's uh, that actually kind of leads me on to to a, my next question for you, which would be, um, what what do you think the world itself might look like now, and might how it might have developed over all because it's been thousands of years. Yeah. Um, so what I I mean I I think that you're gonna see you know, old civilization and ruins and things like that. But when, when I think about all these maybe grand statues of heroes of a forgotten age and all of that, uh, you know, I wonder like, what's it going to look like after all this time has passed? What are some of your ideas about that? What might we but, see? That's one of the aspects that's exciting me a lot because um, not only it's almost a virgin world that's, mm -hmm we will be as player rediscovering unless mm -hmm. we're oh even if we are turner so it will be a discovery so we are pioneer in a way right. and this is something that i always wanted to see in a game honestly i have written a long post somewhere i think i've made a video of that a long time ago where i i explained my idea of the ideal video game where we will be pioneer on a new land and we will have to discover it. That's exactly what happened. But in addition of that virgin world, it's not just a virgin world, it's also, it's not a virgin world. It's just a world that has re-become wild, but you can dig it and discover its secret. And I think that's even more exciting because you will have all this, um, I think that the, the, the really niceness of being in a wild world is to have a lot of nature that are mm -hmm. flourishing everywhere, to have a lot of resources, to have a lot of things, you know, you can do whatever you want because everything is to be built. You right. can make the world. I think it's a very uh, exciting thing. I, I think it's almost instinctive in uh, human nature to to be on a new place and oh yeah it's all fresh and new it's for me now i need to <laughs> i can create my world and and here it will be in addition of that rediscovering the secret what happened there and to find out the reason relearn things and unveil a great mystery and i think that's one of the other aspects of humanity which is always um, something so exciting which is finding the truth, finding the origin, where we come from, because that's, that's go back to essential question, existential question. Mm -hmm. Where do we come from? What are we doing here? Where are we going to? What kind of world do we want to build? And then you can play around in Ashes of Creation and serve your game time to think about it and become philosophical and say, mm -hmm. what am I going to do on Earth now with myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, you know what I've missed too is like I, I'm like you though too. Like I'm not gonna lie, I, I when I play an MMORPG, uh, I I immerse myself in everything. I I'm a completionist in the truest sense. Um, no matter what it is, I I want to see it all. I want to experience it all. Uh, you know, our world we don't get to fly around on dragons and griffins, and we don't we don't get to shoot fire you know fireballs from our hands, and we don't I don't get to call upon the light. To, mm -hmm. to smite my foes unfortunately i mean if i if i could <laughs> if i could i totally would i'd be like 
you dark one, you know, and I would smite, <laughs> smite all the darkness in the world, but I can't do that. So I can go in game and do that. And if I've had a rough day, you know, sometimes I might feel like just running around and picking flowers and selling them. Or mm-hmm. some days I might feel like, you know, taking my mace and game to my opponent's face. But, you know, yeah. most importantly, uh, it's the community of it that, to me, it makes the game so amazing because I get immersed because I enjoy spending time with my friends. I enjoy, you know, running across new people with their stories and everybody's got a story, whether it's yeah. your in-game character or the person that's controlling the in-game character. And so, you know... I imagine it's going to be, I imagine that it's going to look a lot like uh, things do in our world. When you leave a town to itself, take corruption out of the equation. When you leave a town or a city to itself, what will happen is the planet will take over. It will grow right over those foundations, right? A tree will sprout right through the building and and it will happen. And I think that we're going to see things like that. And I'm hoping that, in that respect, that it's going to be just like that. It's going to be like, you know, this the city that's now just embedded in a forest that has grown through it. And yeah, uh, exploring things like that, to me, the explorer in me is going to be fascinated to see all the terrain and then watch it bloom into, into you know, this new creation that, you know, that sprouts from the ashes of the I really, I really love that. Um, and this is something that I'm very sensitive to because um, in real life as a person I'm a little bit disappointed to see so many cities all around that are ugly I appreciate my comfort I will not deny that (laughs) but I still like nature very much and I wish there will be more of it Mm -hmm. and you know it could flourish more and so I'm always excited to see um nature taking over civilization and give me hope it give me hope that nature is the strongest it will beat us all Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what we do to it it will come back again and again because i think one of the aspect of nature that is very much represented in nature and magic like shamanism and reading in video games it's that um, nature is resilient it has a lot of vitality it's always coming back it's uh, you, you cannot eliminate it. And who try to eliminate it is evil. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so it, it, it will be nice. And it also gives this uh, aspect of uh, mystery and Indiana Jones. There's an Indiana Jones in all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to go explore old ruins, discover secrets and finding mm-hmm. more civilization. Right. And everyone like that. So I think it will be very exciting. The setting of that world are really uh, something that enthusiasts me a lot. Me too. I think, I think, uh, so I, I am most forward to looking at, you know, all the little Easter eggs that they, you know, Easter eggs that they put in the games, all those little shining, you know, little remnants that maybe if you, you're running around, like you found something because you were just there at the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. And maybe somehow later a node sprouts up and develops and then that's the race. But you were there to see maybe this little, you know, this this gravestone or something to to uh, this this champion of the light. Um, yeah. And, and you found this grave and stuff and you find this little trail and leads you to some lore. And over time, maybe maybe, you know, that the opportunity for things like that isn't there anymore. But 
um, just finding some of this old history of the server and then being able to to make your own and maybe in the you know in the future see some element in the world that reflects this this story from thousands of years ago stuff like that is what i'm i'm really looking forward to um yeah me too i'm very excited about it and the yeah. fact that the story is guaranteed not to be the same on each server mm-hmm. so you will of course have a machine quest or whatever main quest that everyone will discover yeah uh but then you have the world quest mm-hmm. which will be completely different from one server to another right and so you will not have access to the same information whether you play on server A or on server B. And then they will track it. And so you can compare it. I think that's going to be very exciting. And it will be a great game to be there the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always exciting to be there at the release of a game. But that game even more because you will really be a pioneer like your character. Mm-hmm. So you will really have this extra sense of immersion because it's not you're not a hero or you're not a right. peon that become a hero. You are really a pioneer that discover a world that you know nothing about. Mm. Like your character, the player and the character will be the same. You will be there and you will be, oh, I need to rebuild everything. Mm-hmm. And either you come with your clan that you organized before mm-hmm. or you will be alone and you will have to find a clan right. or whatever. So mm-hmm. it it is the 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 world way is setting up this world. Um, it's really very immersive, I think, because you also have those religion you can take part of. Uh, all the system put in place are really made so you can build your own world and um, creating things like it will happen in real life if yeah. you had this story happening to you. It would yeah. be very similar. I think they they are doing nicely on that level. So Absolutely. It's, it's very exciting. <laughs> so we talked about the Tolnar a little bit and mm-hmm. the, and the Underrealm. And so we've, we've seen glimpses of the Underrealm in previous content, right? Um, if you've been in, you know... Uh, any of the testing, you may have seen some of that, but we have gotten really, you know, a few videos where they have shared what the Underrealm ha- looks like, and we know that the Tolnar have have a lot of the Tolnar have lived in the Underrealm, and we know that the Tolnar are a beast-like people. They're a very mm-hmm. different race that is playable in Ashes of Creation. You've got the eight races of of you know, you've got the human with its two little. Um, uh, sub races and then you've got you know the dwarves and the orcs and you've got the elves and then you've got the tolnar the tolnar yes <laughs> so you have the classical mm-hmm. stuff yes and then you have the tolnar uh-huh. what race do you want to be right and they're beast people <laughs> right and that means that yeah. you could have like lizard tells i mean you there's a variation in the tolnar that i mean goes from yeah. lizard to cat even yeah, I, I really wonder uh, what's exactly the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly the lore behind it, why they became so twisted, because that's kind of weird, right? It's mm-hmm. not really a normal evolution that you will think, okay, uh, we were originally those kind of creature. We go under dark for a thousand years. So we evolve, of course, but you will have a kind of normal evolution, not not an evolution like that right uh, from a, a character creation point of view that will be super fun because oh, yeah. how can you <laughs> create your character also i'm wondering how the artist will interpret that uh, because you mm-hmm. can make it very bestial and um, so it's very much centered about making a monster mm-hmm. or you could make it 
in a way where it scales so much that you can make a very monstery monster or you can make something a bit more humanoid, like a humanoid face, but with horn and with a tail right. where you you see, where you can almost look cute, for example, or good looking. Mm-hmm. So I'm really wondering how far will they go and right. if they will allow um, a lot of creativity. And to, to be honest, the Turnar is obviously one of the rest that interests me the most mm-hmm. because I think it's the most intriguing, uh, especially from a cre- character creation point of view. Now it's not the only one. I'm also very interested into the Vec Orc, uh, but oh, that's yeah. because of the lore. Uh-huh. And, uh, find the people that are reading in the stars. That's uh, kind of yes. like. <laughs> the, yeah, those orcs have. I, I've talked about that on one of the uh, one of the simcasts. Um, and we, we discussed it and, you know, we looked at all the races and everything and mm-hmm. that was fascinating to me. That was actually, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't normally, I like orcs, but they're like my alts. And, yeah. But, but that, that orc in particular is very fascinating to me because they're really like the star children Yeah, and they're orc. Yeah. And that's so different than what I've seen before in games. Yeah, exactly. I like how... It twists the basic archetype of humans, elves, dwarf, and orc. Um, the human are kind of what well, they—they have some aspects that are very classical to them, uh, that are not very original, like the human that are very much human, <laughs> or the elves that are the wood elf or the yeah. civilization elf, mm-hmm. and the dwarf that are from the mountain and playing with a the hammer. They're Yes. keg of, of ale I guess right. but then you have those uh, islands yes. dwarf, the exotic Polynesian dwarf that have something completely different Yeah, because they are centered about the family, about yep. something else this is not something you see very much mm-hmm. in, in dwarves or in anything um, and then the both clan of orc seems very interesting because you have one that's a lot about honor and stuff yes. Um, it's a little bit like the orcs of World of Warcraft, but still, they are wise. They have a sort of control, so they're more like um, I would imagine samurai or Japanese, yes. you know. Uh, yes. So they are not they are not like the brutes that you expect from orc. And and next to that, you have the the person that are seeing prophecy and reading in the stars. Right. And that's not something you imagine from orc at mm-hmm. all. So this is this so is cool. pretty cool. It is yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what I I was talking about that and the one the one of the the orcs not the island island or well, not the island orcs but I'm thinking of the wrong one actually the island dwarves the island mm-hmm. dwarves was very different uh, but then the orcs you had like the, they were almost like Japanese samurai bushido mm-hmm. and I was like what and then you had yeah. and then you had the ones that were like we're read the stars and we can tell you about and you're like. These are not the orcs I've grown up. They're not the orc peons. They're like, zug zug. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> well, but that, that's what it's called. And I wonder how it will go also into changing the lore of of the elves also and the human. Right. Because I don't think it will be um, so straightforward that we think it is mm-hmm. in the first description we have right now. So I think it's uh, someone that I enjoy to make things a bit different and stuff. Well, that's what he's saying mm-hmm. um, during the live stream in general. Um, so it's it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming. So, and, and I have the feeling that it's uh, yeah. also very influenced with the um, st- uh, kind of 
stories that you find in Dungeon and Dragon, for example, the Forgotten Realms. Right. Uh, to go back to the Underrealm, I would oh, think yes. that it's go very much like the Underdark you mm-hmm. have in Forgotten Realm, where you have really this huge world. It's not just some caves, it's really another world with underground with huge cave and you have lake and you have seas um you have so many different things happening and so you really have the space to have full cities and um naval battle and everything and you can go even deeper even more into the different level because in the dark in dungeon and dragon yeah. you have different mm-hmm. level of in the dark the, the top one being still okay and then after it's become really really bad <laughs> stuff you're pushing to hell right so there might be something like that mm-hmm. yeah, there might be a little inspiration from the forgotten realms so it will be very interesting to have a real and the dark world and i know that if they are developing that completely it will not be boring and just dark caves with tree mushroom and mm-hmm. uh, some plants right it will be have its own fauna you know its own right. flora it will be its mm-hmm. own world and it will be beautiful because it will be phosphorescent mm-hmm. and I like that. That's all, almost as exciting as the underwater content. <laughs> you know what the best part is about the Underrealm too? Is is they've talked about how big the world's going to be at launch. And that's the open world. That doesn't include the Underrealm at all. Hmm. And I think the Underrealm's going to have pretty... I, I've, I've actually wondered about that too. That's something you just said that made me... That reminded me of this like theory that I have about the Underrealm. I kind of am wondering if there's like levels to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the further down you go, maybe the not only the darker, but the more ambient lighting maybe you have. And like maybe you get lower and you have a, a different evolution of creatures down there. Yeah, and then maybe yeah. you go deep enough and you find something really dark and ominous waiting yeah. down there. In, in, yeah. in, in spite of all the beautiful ambient lit, you know, uh, plants and, and animals and things like that. It's um, like going deep in the abyss. Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's nice because then again, it's teasing your exploration mm-hmm. side. What's going on there? Yes. I want to know. And uh, to, to know that you can have nodes over there so you can build up your city. You don't need to be to north and be something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be exciting right. to see. Maybe some player will just play underground. Right. <laughs> they will never see the light that would be, that'd be above. Interesting. So what are some of the things that we might have talked about this a little bit already, but what are some of the things uh, that you are most interested in seeing when you come back, when we enter through those portals and we come back, what is the thing, what are some of the things that you are most forward to seeing that might've changed from what we know had happened over all that time, like thousands of years ago by What's something you want to see that might have happened in those thousands of years that you could speculate could exist in the game? Well, I hope that uh, whatever corruption where it has kind of dropped down or a little kind of fades. Mm-hmm. So you have, um, so the, the world is tainted, but not still corrupted. So the corruption is not really active left. 
living a luxury world. And I, I guess that's what's happening because otherwise the portal will not have opened it again. So it's kind of, okay, guys, now it's safe. You can go back home, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, if, especially if it's divine portal. So it's right. the divine that reopened the portal saying, okay, guys, now the corruption is over or the war between gods is over. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but right. this is it's time to go back and, and take back what's where once yours mm-hmm. um but then uh what is interesting is to see this sort of virgin world and i want to be there to see nice. that to see the virgin world when there is no one that has popped a note yet where you're like and and what i will want to do is to go and explore first before to do anything and to see what is the most cool place where I want to start questing. <laughs> and hopefully I will have a band of friends with me and there's, oh, this, this place is very cool, preferably an island. And I will say, okay, let's do it, let's do it. This is our place. And I hope it will be a place far away from the other so everyone else will be busy towards something else, maybe closer to the border. I want to go far away from the portal nice. and start my land very far away from it. Just nice. see what's happening. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I'm I'm looking forward to uh, finding all. I, I'm looking forward to exploring all of the stories that can be told in the world. Whether it hopefully through exploration, because we know a lot of the story is going to be told. Mm-hmm. through our experiences as we're leveling and doing yep. quests and all we'll learn a lot of the story that way so i'm really looking and i can't believe i'm going to say this because i generally hate this in games i'm looking forward to the questing process oh, yeah. i think i'm actually going to enjoy it in this game because i think i'm actually not going to just go through and be spamming through my quests and trying to like get through them all i think i'm probably going to really read all that stuff I, that's I, that's what I'm usually doing anyway. Yeah, and I mean, on on my stream, what you will do is I will read it aloud yes, because that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm voice acting my crest. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'll exactly. I think I'll probably read through that, and then that's a perfect example of our content, right? Like that's something that we both share as content creators. Okay, we both are. We both like to kind of get into the role play of the world. We like to mm-hmm. kind of immerse in it, and we like that like have the people watching kind of mm-hmm. be engaged in that process with us. And so, I mean, I can imagine sitting there and talking to people, watching, going, you guys, what do you think this means? Like, do you think it's tied to that quest we did earlier? Do you think that this is like, do you think the story is going to happen like this? I mean, we just talked to this guy an hour ago who said something about this too. What do you think is going to happen? And then speculating it and then moving forward and going, oh, that didn't happen at all. That yeah. is that is an awesome experience. This is going to be nice, and because mm-hmm. just the quest system will pop up, um, yeah. you know, not randomly, mm-hmm. but almost randomly, or it will feel that way. Um, yeah, that's going to be very exciting because you will not mm-hmm. have a very straightforward path, and so that means yes. that people that are watching you, they probably are playing on a different server, and they Maybe. will have a completely different experience than you have. Right. And so that's going—it's going to be interesting to watch someone else playing because you will mm-hmm. have a different uh, aspect. And I guess that people that are sharing quests, because well, generally that's not what people on Twitch are looking for. They mm. prefer the guys that pew super good, that master the class and kill right. everyone else. Right. Uh, but I think it will have an interest because the quest will be different because you will do a different path and because each person will have their own 
pass of line would be so different. Mm -hmm. Maybe I will be on my server and unlocking my island while you will be lost <laughs> in your volcano. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> that's going to be exciting. But um, do you think you will make alt on different servers to have different experience? I think I will. I think definitely that's going to be a very, I think I will, I think I will definitely be doing that. That's something I'm very passionate about. I want to see how the stories are evolving on other servers. Um, like if I know that there's this behemoth on, uh, you know, on, you know, the server Sanctus, for example, like I'm going to want to go to Sanctus instead of being on server, you know, my Vera server, I'm going to want to go to Sanctus and I'm going to want to try to experience what that, that that's like, mm -hmm. because maybe I'll never see that on my server. Yeah. We don't know. It's possible that that could be unlocked on my server one day, but it's also possible that that just may not be how it evolves. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because this is not something you can really uh, control. Yeah. Uh, unless you're the guild leader, mm -hmm. the biggest guild in the right. server, right. <laughs> which I will not be. Nope. Uh, so unless you do that, you, you can have an influence, but you cannot control anything no. and that's going to be fine yes. fun too and interesting and it it's also a little bit dangerous in the sense where you know you can have a very shitty experience mm -hmm. of the game mm -hmm. if you fall on a bad server uh, yeah <laughs> you, you could <laughs> if you, you could have like mm, i'm not enjoying myself so right. you need guys beware of that possibility right. and know that if you have a shitty experience it doesn't mean the game is bad i mean and maybe you need to change server mm -hmm. and go in the server that suits you better yeah and i and i saw a comment um somewhere it was uh i don't remember where it was at it was somewhere it might have been discord or it might have been a comment on a video on uh, youtube or something um somebody said something about the community's already toxic and i'm like hey you're going to have toxic people in every community and everywhere. You're going to have toxic people. Oh you God. don't have, you have the choice on whether to engage in that or to engage in something different because it's not exactly. everything. So uh, this is something yeah. so true. Uh, this is a subject that I want to talk about. I will probably do a video about this because I'm very uh, into that. Good. Um, a lot of people are saying, my game, it's the best community in the world. Yeah. And I say, yeah, right. I'm really glad that you experienced that. Uh -huh. There is not a better community in any game. Um, yeah, there is some games that encourage and foster a better community. We can agree that League of Legends do not foster the best <laughs> community. But right. uh, you will. It's the, the community is you created. So you're responsible of it. If you don't like toxic people, don't talk to toxic people. <laughs> Just go. ignore them. Don't yeah. read their posts on the yeah. forum. Just pretend they don't exist. And seek the people that are like you. And I can guarantee you there is good, nice, kind people everywhere. Mm -hmm. In World of Warcraft, in League of Legends, in Elder Scrolls Online, in Final Fantasy, you will find both types of people. It's up to you mm -hmm. to be looking for and if you're always being mad at the toxic people, kind of you're participating in the toxic city. Perfect um, example. So mm -hmm. you just in your pretend it doesn't exist. You're not forced to yeah. swallow it and read yep. the comments. You can just yep. like, okay, uh, guys, just have fun together. Yeah. You know, it, so. that's like that. I, I was talking about this recently too, and like, there's a you know part of the reason that that I started the Simcast, and part of the reason I started my Guild Virtue is because. Uh, it's kind of the anti-toxicity thing. You can still mm -hmm. do top-end content. You can still be a successful raider 
without being in a Zergling guild, without being in a toxic guild, without having toxic mm -hmm. people around, you can genuinely have that. Sure, it takes time, just like anything in this world. It, it take it's what you are willing to invest. You know, yeah. you can be part of the change or the opposite of what you don't like, or you can feed into that negativity and then therein you are part of that negative process. Yeah. You know, it's all exactly. about your choices. So if you don't like it, you know, and you don't like what you're seeing, go somewhere else, walk a different path, walk in the yeah. light, as I say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to stay in the darkness and corruption. You don't. Yeah. I very much agree with you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, I, I want to go ahead and start to wind down here. It's been fantastic. I feel like we could probably talk for hours, yeah. um, which is a great sign here on the same cast. <laughs> um, uh, so what are, uh, some of your thoughts about the game direction currently, um, about testing, about community, maybe some things that you're hoping to see as the game continues to evolve and develop. This could be from you as a content creator. This could also be from you as just a player who is passionate about the game. Um, something I'm hoping for is that uh, I'm not sure if it's possible or not. And if it's not possible, it's, it doesn't matter. Um, it's to not have too much revealed during the beta stage because I would like to have the surprise. Of course, I can avoid to test the game <laughs> see if I want to keep the surprise <laughs> right. for myself. But still, I think in, in this particular game, it will be interesting to have most of things keep secrets. And uh, so maybe it would be nice if they could change the location of nodes. So you cannot make your wiki in advance with this is the map, this is all the notes, and you will get this table loot. If you do that, there will be that happening and stuff. That, that, that. Mm -hmm. Because that will win a little bit the pleasure. I think part of it, yeah, of course, it's more efficient if your goal is to win the game. It's more efficient to know everything in advance. Mm -hmm. But it's really mm -hmm. part of the fun. Right. <laughs> uh, I think it would be more interesting if you didn't know and you had to discover it when it comes live. Right. Because we know the stage of beta testing. Yeah. A lot of people go, they, they, that's when you have the guides and wiki that are prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so I understand that the system needs to be tested. Um, some part of the content needs to be tested, but it would be sweet if you had a lot of the content that would be kept secret for everyone or most people. Uh, maybe you have some specific beta, beta sister or... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's one one of my wishes for the game direction. For everything else, you know, I go with the flow. Um, I think the concept is really great. Will this game uh, fit me? I will see at release because it's a little bit hard to see how we'll be able to enjoy it mm -hmm. without being there. Uh, I, I really like it in theory. In theory, it's really appealed to me. And despite the fact that there's a lot of PvP, I think that maybe maybe I could even be interested in PvPing if I really want to construct my island nodes, <laughs> right? Yeah. To spawn my underwater dungeon. And you have those asshole in front of me that try to make their <laughs> desert nodes. Maybe that will give me enough, like, that suddenly I will become a PvPer, <laughs> which will be fun. And that's... <laughs> I find amazing because if Ashes of Creation succeed to transform me into a soldier that's going to, to attack the other nodes just to defend my land, 
like really like that because I'm a pacifist at heart. I'm a sucky PvPer. If I was a good PvPer, maybe I will enjoy PvP more. But I'm bad because I don't have good reflex and stuff like this. <laughs> Generally, I get killed easily and I don't like to be a cannon fodder, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so we will see. Uh, but if, if Ashes of Creation managed to transform me into a, a defender of my island or whatever, <laughs> they would have done a great right. job. That's funny. You're like, <laughs> if it turns me into a PvPer, you know I love this game way too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think I think that it has, I think that people that don't like PvP, but you bring up a good point. I think that people that don't generally focus on PvP in a game, I think this game has the potential because of how the meaningful conflict and all that goes, like the reasons for the conflict and for fights, the reason for going after a metropolis or a castle or, or whatever. I mean, there's reasons for that. It could be resources. It could be someone, you know, it could be more than mm. just being grief somehow, because, you know, we even know that things like in castle sieges, for example, and guild wars, like if someone declares a guild war, we, we know based on what Steven said, that it's going to take your crafters in a guild to create a guild declaration of war. So there's like, mm -hmm. so, I mean, so you could be involved in conflict just on the, just on the uh, basis crafting of side, crafting yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, this is good. You don't always need, because in this case, PvP will not just be taking arm against other players. So mm -hmm. if you don't like to do that, you will be able to participate in a different way. And I really hope the system will be inclusive enough to really um, easily include even the... Um, casual player that doesn't come along uh, often or that are a little bit lost because they just, oh, I'm trying this game, what it is about, you know, that kind of player yeah. that uh, needs to have a, a sort of hand to engage them. Mm -hmm. And this is important. It's something important because we really have, uh, we can see it's another subject for another episode, I guess. For sure. Uh, you have the old timer gamer that have no EverQuest, World of Warcraft, the, the past. Yeah. They know the beginning of the game when you were forced to engage with people because otherwise nothing happened. And then you have this new generation of gamers that are born recently and that are playing video games right now. And they are just like 14, 15, and they have not known that time. So all they know is I click on a button, I'm in the dungeon, I have a fast matchmaker. And so they, they don't have knowledge, mm -hmm. they just don't know. So we need to help them to get them with us to say, hey, this is how you engage in a community. This is how you do, uh, it doesn't fall from the sky. Right. You will need to put yourself, but we need to help those people because they don't know, it's not their fault. They just don't function that way because they have never experienced it. Right. So I, I agree. I, there's like, it's not like there, it's not the culture anymore. It's like a click of a button mm. queue for a dungeon. Yeah. It's not, let me find people in chat or in my guild. Let's go to a hearthstone. Let's summon yeah. everybody there. Then let's enter the dungeon. Things like that, that more organic way of exploring yeah. the world versus how it's like everything just instances you in, you just get summoned in instanced mm -hmm. in queued in. It's all there. It's right there. Now it's convenient. It's on tap. It's the modern world we live in, and yeah. in that modern world, we tend to miss a lot of important things because of that quick, 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 quick nature about mm -hmm. everything. We don't get to, such as they say, and you know, step back and sniff or smell the roses, or enjoy the scenery, or mm -hmm. take in the world around us, and and uh, you know, there 
I remember a lot of the best times I've had. And this is one of the things in the MMORPG genre that I feel like is missing because of this thing we're talking about. Uh, Those times where you just go adventuring with your friends just because you get a group together in your guild and you go running around just because you heard of this thing and y'all want to check it out. And then maybe you've got to fight off other players or maybe you go and you get a world boss down and you didn't do it because of the loot and you didn't do it because of some kind of in-game prestige that you got. You got it because of the experience and because you heard it was fun. And yeah. those are the types of experiences I'm I'm hoping to, I'm very looking forward to cultivating with people in the future. But I think this is something that we see a lot recently. You have several um, more old schoolish game mm-hmm. like Saga of Alcimia or Pantheon or uh, Chronic of Illyria, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to bring back this feeling and mm-hmm. so they will do it all their different way. But you really see the trend. You have Steven Sarif, which is trying to build this dream game. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the same desire. Then uh, you have the leader of Tag of Alcimia, Tim Anderson, that's also uh, the same kind of, of person that really wants to build up his dream game that come from Dungeon and Dragon, Tabletop, and EverQuest, and all that kind of thing. And you see those person um, that try to bring back the old experience, but in a modern world. And it will be a very nice new generation of MMORPG that will uh, come um, that are really differentiated from what we just have right now, like World of Warcraft and the scores and stuff like that. And that will be also different from what was done 20 years ago, because that was 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And if they do the same thing, that will be bad. <laughs> So it will be interesting. And I think that's um, the occasion for the old gamer to bring back the new generation and teach them because maybe they want it. They just don't know they want it, but they need to be right. to have their eyes open about those things that right. were precious and fun. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And uh, we, are, we are running on our time now. Eloa is in a... She has six, seven hours ahead of me. And for <laughs> yeah. me, for her, it's in the evening. And yeah. and for me, it's just here in early afternoon just now. And uh, hello, it's been a pleasure having you on. I would like for you Thank to you give everybody, <laughs> let everybody know where you, where your domain is and where you reign, where they can find okay. you. Okay, so you will find me um, under the name Eloa Wendy on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch TV, and two YouTube channels. You have Eloa ASMR or relaxation if you have insomnia you can go there <laughs> and uh yeah and hello i went to on youtube my second channel right so that's about it so it's easy and uh yeah all of eloa's uh links will be in the description below also i'm gonna be uh, uh, uh i'm gonna be at intrepid studios on october 31st actually oh, that's so cool. i'm dropping by to visit everybody there and uh i'm I'll, I'll admit I'm going because of BlizzCon. I'm going to be in California for that reason. Uh, nice. I, I wish I could say I'm excited about BlizzCon. I'm actually really excited about going by the studio. Uh, so, yeah, but both going to be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, we're, I'm it's going. It's going to be an awesome it, week. <laughs> it, yeah, it'll be fun. That's the cool thing about uh, about BlizzCon is like you don't really even have to play the games in, t- in order to enjoy it. If you're a nerd and you like video games and you go there, mm-hmm. you're going to have fun. And, yeah, um, I think it's a great convention. Mm-hmm. I I want to go to one yeah. day. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that, uh, well, my, one of my youngest brother got a ticket. 
So I'm I'm like, man, I, I wouldn't really plan on going. I was like, oh, this is an excuse to visit uh, Intrepid Studio. So, so yeah, um, that's really cool. Yeah, say hi for me. I will for <laughs> sure. And uh, anyway, all of Eloa's stuff and things are in the description below. I am Seymour. I've been your host. It's been a great episode. Thank you, Eloa, for being here today. And thank you for inviting me. Thank yes. you very much. It was an awesome talk. Yeah, to everybody else, I will catch you on stream. Have a great week. Goodbye, everyone. Take care of yourself.